to be alive, but not present. That's torture. And it's devastating to families. There's no cure and rates are skyrocketing. I'm talking about dementia. And in today's show, I'm going to be teaching you the things that you need to be doing to decrease your risk of getting this disease. Hey everybody, Dr. Aaron Wenzel here, host of the Concierge Medicine Show. Welcome to episode number 11. In today's show, it's all about dementia. Confusion, anger, anxiety, violence. These are all the things that somebody with dementia experiences. And pain, helplessness, this is what the families experience. If you know somebody who's had dementia, you know exactly what I'm talking about. In today's show, I'm going to be giving you the five most important things that you need to be doing to decrease your risk of getting dementia and the four conversations you need to be having today with your doctor around this topic. First, let's define dementia. Dementia is honestly a pretty generic term for any series of symptoms that involve a decreased level of cognitive or thinking ability. Actually, dementia is not even a disease, it's a syndrome. And in a syndrome, uh, you know, as as physicians, we love to name things. And so when we have a, a disease that we can name, we get really excited. But when we don't have a name for it, but we have clearly defined uh, symptoms, we lump them together and call it a syndrome. So actually, dementia is... Um, a syndrome. And this syndrome includes all of these cognitive impairments that affect daily living of of a person. And and we loosely call those um, symptoms when when they appear together dementia. But I need to be very clear. Dementia is not normal. Dementia is not the same as normal age-related memory loss. We'll talk more about this, but there's a difference between not remembering what you had for breakfast yesterday, which is normal age-related forgetfulness, and not remembering your spouse of 50 years. To be clear, dementia is not normal, and today's show is all about this horrific disease and what you can be doing to prevent it. So what types of dementia are there? The the commonest form or the most famous is what we call Alzheimer type dementia. Um, Actually, the diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease technically can't be made until an an autopsy is made looking at the physiologic uh, makeup of brain tissue. Nobody gets that done, so we actually diagnose Alzheimer's by a series of classic Alzheimer's-like symptoms. Alzheimer's disease accounts for anywhere between 60 and 80% of all cases of dementia. So it's fair to classify classic symptoms that represent Alzheimer's as, in fact, Alzheimer's dementia. The second most common type of dementia is called vascular dementia. There are multiple 
other types of dementia besides vascular and Alzheimer's dementia, they're usually due to a biochemical deficiency, uh, thyroid or B12 deficiency, um, typically reversible and less more significant um, and less significant than the first two. We're going to spend the bulk of the show really focusing on um, Alzheimer's uh, mostly and secondarily um, vascular dementia. So what exactly is Alzheimer's disease? Um, typically, it happens in um, men and women above the age of 65. Um, we're starting to see an increase uh, uh, prevalence in our younger patients, um, which we're calling early onset. There are over 200,000 Americans under the age of 65 that are diagnosed with Alzheimer's dementia. This is a big deal. And it's getting worse. That's the scary part. It's It's scary enough that it's the way that it is. But when you look at the data, for me, it's the trajectory of increased prevalence that is really frightening to me. Um, it's progressive, which means it continues to get worse. Um, it uh, There is no cure, which uh, welcome to this positive discussion about dementia. As I mentioned in the intro, uh, in my opinion, this is the cruelest disease on the planet. Um, so it's progressive. There's no cure. Um, it affects your memory, which is the infrastructure of your existence. It shapes your reality. Um, it is the sixth leading cause of death in the United States. A lot of people don't know that. The sixth leading cause of death in the United States is this thing we're calling Alzheimer's dementia. Um, the only treatments that we have at best, if you're lucky, maybe will slow the rate of progression. Um, so we don't even really have a good way of halting it as opposed to like high blood pressure or diabetes. Oftentimes we can get it under control and even in some cases we can cure those diseases. Dementia is just not one of them. You know, if we're lucky, we can slow down the rate of progression. Uh, and and they're common, uh, commonly treated with medicines uh, in the marketplace like Aricept, um, Exelon, Namenda, these are a handful of very, very common medicines that are used in attempt to slow the progression of Alzheimer's disease. Um, when we talk about risk factors for Alzheimer's dementia, th this, this gets, um, this gets a little tricky, but we're going to focus today on the things that you cannot change first. Here's what you can't change. You can't change how old you are. Um, so a risk factor we know is an age above 65. If you're 65, we can't change that. Um, the other thing we can't change is your family history. Uh, we do see uh, a strong correlation, again, not causation, uh, but correlation in families, which implies a strong genetic component. Um, we don't fully understand the disease, obviously, um, but when you start seeing diseases uh, show up in family lines, uh, you start to really um, put the pieces together of genetic predisposition. Um, and, and so age, family history, and genetics are things that you cannot change. Uh, and if you have those, any of those three variables or a combination of those three variables, you're definitely at risk. I mean, that's not sugarcoating it. That's just, that's what we know. But you can't change those things. But here's what you can change. Um, there, there is a, there is a, 
um, a common um, dogma amongst pe- the Alzheimer's experts, the Alzheimer's community called the head-heart connection. And it's a very interesting philosophical dogma talking about this connection between heart health and brain health. Uh, that's not the content of this particular show, but it's interesting to know that a lot of the thought leaders are believing that there is a connection and uh, I can see it. I, I definitely um, am paying attention to this type of uh, teaching and and thought. But here's what you can do to reduce your risk of dementia. And it actually lies in improving heart health. And it's due to this uh, fundamental belief of a connection between heart and brain health that this, this strategy or belief exists. And number one, is blood pressure. Um, Blood pressure continues to show up in many of our episodes because blood pressure is um, a very common disease. 80% of people who walk into a primary care clinic probably have high blood pressure. It's it's almost become normal uh, to see somebody with high blood pressure, but certainly high blood pressure over long periods of time, even if it's trivially elevated, can put you at risk for dementia. If you can just, and I, th- I think that that makes sense when you step back and you really think about blood pressure, when you have a, a closed system like the human body and your blood is being delivered under a high pressure system that's closed, so nowhere else for the pressure to go, and it hits the brain over the years, the wear and tear there, um, it doesn't seem too much of a stretch to make that connection that you could begin to get these symptoms of cognitive uh, impairment, which we define dementia as. Um, so lowering blood pressure, um, I, 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 my belief around blood pressure is that if you're walking around and your blood pressure is above 120 over 80, we should be more proactive to lowering that. I, I want all of my private clients at 120 over 80 or less. Uh, sometimes that's not achievable, but that's my goal. Uh, my belief is that anything more than that, you're really starting to get on this slippery slope of risk accumulation. Uh, by definition, 130 over 85 is hypertension or high blood pressure. So you can see how narrow that is. Like 130 over 85, my goal of 120 over 80, this is very close, um, but worth the effort to to tighten that up. The second thing that you can be doing to lower your risk for Alzheimer's dementia is getting those cholesterol numbers right. Look, this show, I feel like this shows up in every one of our episodes. You've got to raise your HDL, your good cholesterol. You've got to lower your triglycerides. You have to lower your LDL, specifically your small dense LDL. Otherwise, you are definitely putting yourself at risk for at minimum vascular dementia. Vascular dementia is dementia that's caused by decreased blood flow, decreased appropriate blood flow to the brain. And the reason that you wouldn't get proper blood flow to the brain is if you have impairment of those um, those blood vessels. They're starting to clog up and shrink in diameter. And the reason they're shrinking is that the cholesterol is beginning to build, right? And so that's the connection between cholesterol. Got to get your numbers right. Number three, you got to improve your diet. Here it is again. You gotta, you've got to improve the things 
the quality of the things that you're putting in your mouth for nutrition. If, if you're not focusing on nutritional sources that stabilize your blood sugar, you are putting yourself in a hyperinsulin state, which is pro-inflammatory, putting yourself at risk for dementia. Um, you got to quit smoking. Number four is quit smoking. I've mentioned this before. I don't want you to quit smoking because I don't want you to have lung cancer. Of course, I don't want you to have lung cancer, but I want you to quit smoking because I don't want you to have a stroke. And I don't want you to have dementia. Got to quit smoking. And number five, which in my opinion, again, just one man's opinion, but this is after treating thousands of patients and really paying a lot of attention to this. You've got to normalize your blood sugar. I cannot stress enough the importance of a normalized blood sugar and a lack of a chronic hyperinsulin state. This, is, this has been an area of massive intrigue for me personally, probably over the last eight years. Um, I have begun to study some of the data and some of the beliefs around a clear correlation, again, not causation, but correlation between hyperinsulin states and Alzheimer's disease. And there is a growing population of people uh, which I am a part of that believe Alzheimer's dementia uh, could very well in our lifetime be renamed as a diabetes type three. As crazy as that sounds. And that this, this correlation between diabetes, in other words, the inability to normalize your blood sugar, so by definition, always having hyperinsulin states, is in fact at the root of the development of Alzheimer's dementia. And that when you superimpose these growth curves of the rate of diabetes and the rate of Alzheimer's, they look very, very, very similar. And again, it's, it's, it's not perfect science because, you know, correlations and causations, these are different things. But you can't ignore these curves, in my opinion, and you can't ignore the numbers, and you can't ignore how common sense the science feels once you understand. So this diabetes type three is very fascinating to me. Um, and if that interests you, I would kind of jot that down and maybe do your own self-study. There's some emerging data out there that is going to be really um, interesting um, over the next decade for sure. So as a summary statement of all the things that you can do to reduce your risk, it's really summed up into one statement. Your primary goal has to be prevention, right? You've got to be doing all that you possibly can to prevent this disease or this syndrome. There's no cure. It's progressive. It gets worse. It's the number six killer in the world. Like, if your goal is anything but prevention, it's going to be impossible to win at preventing. So please review those five things, take them to heart, really dig deep, find ways to make massive shifts in your life around those five topics. And you will be doing all that you can to prevent this horrific, horrific disease. Here are the four conversations I believe you need to be having with your doctor. Number one, what's my family history? Listen, uh, again, that's 
a risk factor that you can't control, but it's important to know if it is a risk factor for you. And it's important if, if you know clearly your family history, then make sure your doctor knows, has a clear in your history. Uh, I guess I should even say, if, if, if there's no history, then that's a great thing. And it doesn't really matter if he or she knows as your doctor, but what he or she as your doctor really do need to know is if you do have a, oh, wow, I did have an uncle or, you know, Aunt Kate who had, right? These are the the subtleties that are really important with the disease of this magnitude because the genetic component, the family history component is so critical because it's almost like one strike against you. If you have that family history or that genetic component, and you smoke, and, and you have diabetes, my goodness. I mean, all of a sudden, can you see how all of a sudden it's not just about diabetes, it's diabetes and that I smoke and that I have a family history. You got to be really careful. So the first thing is to really dig into your family history. The second conversation is, again, how do I normalize my blood sugar? If in fact, Alzheimer's dementia is type 3 diabetes, if in fact this horrific disease that there is no cure for, that is the number six killer in the world, is in fact a consequence of long-term diabetes, you've got to fix this. If you're diabetic, you have got to get your sugars under control. You've got to find a way or make a way. If you don't have diabetes, great, but you really need to make sure that you're not anywhere on the roadmap tracking and pacing towards diabetes. Are you pre-diabetic? You've got to check your A1C. You've really got to look at your fasting sugars. What are they? Really dig deep in this. Have conversations with your doctor about Either A, how to better control your diabetes, or B, how to ensure that you're doing all that you can to not ever get this disease called diabetes. Because if, in fact, diabetes type 3 is dementia, you're tracking towards dementia with diabetes. I hope you can see that. Number three, you've got to talk with your doctor about stopping smoking. I know for the past couple episodes, smoking continues to show up, but we're also talking about heart disease in general and high blood pressure, heart attack, stroke, and dementia. There's a clear correlation between smoking and a risk factor for uh, cognitive impairment long term. And again, to to reiterate the whole strategy about quitting quitting smoking, nobody weans off cigarettes. It's a cold turkey phenomena. The only people who have ever quit smoking, quit smoking. Not, I'm down to half a pack a day. But I used to, I mean, that's good. But you can't trick yourself into thinking that's the sequence to quitting. It's good that you've slowed down. But the goal isn't slow down. The goal is stopping. And the way you stop is you stop. If you have trouble stopping because of the cravings. There are medication that can help you with the cravings, but no medicine on the planet is going to take away your desire for a cigarette, uh, the liking of it. The physiologic craving of the nicotine, the medicine can help with that. But the psychological, I love cigarettes. 
That's got to be you. That's your psychology, that's your belief systems, and that's your decision-making ability. And so support groups, um, changing of patterns, changing of friends, changing of hobbies, it's worth being radical over. Um, But many people have to do radical things to make radical breakthroughs. So that's number three. You've got to find a way to quit smoking. Number four, do I have any underlying risk factors that aren't so obvious? Early in the show, we talked about um, biochemical uh, causes of dementia, not necessarily Alzheimer's dementia, but it's very important. The commonest that I can think of off the top of my head is B12 deficiency. That's a blood test. You can get that tested. Thyroid Um, prolonged chronic hypothyroidism can definitely lead to cognitive impairment and dementia. Uh, I will spare you the rant on thyroid disease and thyroid management. Please see our previous episode on thyroid disease. Uh, I believe it's in the top two or three most mismanaged diseases on the planet. Uh, but chronic hypo or low thyroid can definitely put you in harm's way and risk for dementia. Um, the other not so obvious is, um, alcohol abuse. I'm not talking about having two or three glasses of wine a night or two or three glasses of wine a week. That's not what I'm referring to, but chronic overuse of alcohol definitely for sure puts you at risk for dementia. Certainly alcohol abuse, alcoholism, everyday heavy drinking, um, you know, seizures or twitchiness when you can't, you haven't drank in eight hours. These are all signs that you are definitely tracking on the path towards an alcohol induced dementia long term. And that is completely preventable. Um, Head trauma, you know, a lot of our athletes, this is sad, uh, in the National Football League in America, there are a lot of um, elite athletes who are 5, 10, 15, 20 years outside of the league who are now coming back with dementia, uh, uncontrolled depression, psychosis, skyrocketing rates of suicide because of recurrent closed head trauma. Um, It's very important if you have hobbies that involve bonking your head on things that you either change hobbies or put the proper safety gear in place. But repetitive closed head trauma is... um, 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 increasing as a known risk factor. And so be very, very careful with head trauma. Um, there's a lot of really good data on low testosterone in men. Um, so for all of my men out there who are walking around with levels of testosterone that are undetectable or suboptimal beyond the age of 35, Uh, you are definitely at risk. There's a lot of good data on low testosterone in men above 35 uh, and dementia. Um, And lastly, there's a lot of really good emerging data on women postmenopausal with low estrogen levels. Um, You know, when you go through menopause, your ovaries retire, the estrogen drops to next to nothing. Um, And there is good data. There's good data showing that Bioidentical hormone replacement in men and women, if a, if numbers indicate, can prevent dementia. It's there. It's not mainstream. It's not well publicized. But if you do your own research, self-study, you'll see that the data is there. Here are the big take-home points. 
Remember the heart-brain connection, right? It's not so obvious at first glance, but once we unpack this, we can see the clear correlation between heart health and brain health. So all the things that are good for your heart, like not smoking, getting your diet right, limiting your carbohydrate intake, eliminating insulin, not smoking, getting your blood pressure under control, they all help with brain health. This is very, very important. Um, the second take-home point is fix what's treatable and just be aware of what's not treatable. Like you can't treat your genetics, but you can fix the things that can trigger genetics to express themselves. So fix what you can fix, but prevention is the game. If your goal is anything other than prevention, you're not going to win at this. You just won't. The third take-home point is that there's clear evidence um, around Alzheimer's being renamed as diabetes type 3. This is probably, in this topic, the most interesting thing to me personally because of my um, unbelievable obsession with diabetes and insulin, metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, and the fact that it's at the root of 80% of all Western diseases. I am a believer that this is, um, that the correlation is um, undeniable and that the data will flesh out over time and that in our lifetime we could very easily see dementia being renamed and reclassified as diabetes type 3. And with that, the fourth take-home point is you got to find a way to normalize your blood sugar. That means if you're diabetic or pre-diabetic, you've got to make it a must to get your fastings sugars under control and your A1Cs at goal. And if you're not diabetic, that means that there's nothing more important that you could do for your life than not ever get diabetes. I can't stress that enough. Listen, I hope you enjoyed the show, even though this is a very heavy topic. Um, I have an incredible amount of empathy for families who are walking through dementia. I've seen it um, hundreds of times and walked side by side with families that are suffering with this terrible disease. It's horrible. It's uh, in a lot of ways um, difficult to talk about because it's there aren't many diseases that are so progressive and non-curable um, and heartless, um, ruthless. Um, you know, to to be alive but not present and to forget your past. I mean, we are our legacy and our legacies are past and, and, and to, be to be ripped from that is just, it's painful to even think about. So I have a lot of empathy for any of you who are suffering through this uh, with family members or loved ones. But the good news is, is that for you, it's preventable in a lot of cases. And I just implore you to, to put energy and attention on the things that you can do to prevent these things. And prevent it. And you'll be a lot better for it. So I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you found a lot of value. Please pass this along to anybody who you think would find um, the information interesting. Leave your comments. Let us know what you liked. And if there are any other topics you'd like to dive deep, we'll add it to our list. I really am enjoying putting together this content for you all. Um, the feedback has been fantastic. If you haven't subscribed yet on iTunes or YouTube, our show is both on those platforms. We would love for you to be subscribers so you don't miss any episodes. And while you're there, leave a review. 
they are our oxygen and they help other strangers who don't know anything about us know that we give some really great material here. Um, until our paths cross again, I hope you have an awesome week. I hope you feel empowered. I hope you feel focused and that you can apply some of these principles today. Take care. Hey everybody, thanks again for watching the show. I'm sure it goes without saying, but I feel compelled to share with you. Obviously I wanna help uh, as many people as possible. Um, but before you make any medical changes, please, please consult with your physician. Don't do any of this on your own. Um, you don't wanna put yourself in any harm's way. And um, again, thanks a bunch for watching the show. If you have any questions or comments, again, please leave them and we'll get back to you. Take care.